Kolf. Good afternoon, Carissa. This is Caroline Tapkin on behalf of Travel Daily, Inspiring Women in Travel Asia. And I'm joined today by Carissa Nima, who is guardian of the brand for Suneva. So welcome, Carissa. Hi, good afternoon. Thank what you. does guardian of the brand do? So my job is essentially chief commercial officer. Uh, so I look after sales, marketing, reservations and revenue globally for the group, which is Suneva. Uh, we have properties in Maldives. Uh, we have two in Maldives and one in Thailand. And it's um, for those of you who don't uh, are not familiar with Suneva, it's a kind of ultra high end um, sustainable luxury brand that's also very much into wellness. So do you get to go to the Maldives regularly? I am currently in the Maldives. I'm currently oh, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm normally based in Thailand in uh, a small town called Hua Hin, but um, I do get to travel to the Maldives very often. Uh, so I am here right now. I'm not sure if I should show you my background or not. Um, <laughs> Let's have a look. Let's yeah. have a look. Yes. Okay. So I'm here for our annual meeting. I'm just going to show you our villa. Um, so there we go. Oh, That's inside. Look and at that. This is, it's not the most it's not the brightest like the nicest day at the moment but uh it's still quite there's the water slide over there on the on the corner so uh, it's quite nice to be here what a fantastic location i'm not <laughs> going to show you my view because it's pretty grim and gray right now <laughs> so how did you get to join suneva because looking at your background i see you spent 10 years in dubai with a u.s multinational defense logistics company so that's quite a transition. How did that come about? Yeah, it's um, so I moved to Thailand for this job. Uh, I've never worked in hospitality before. And I got the opportunity to move to Suneva through um, my old boss in Dubai, who was also working at Suneva at the time. And she said to me, look, you know, there's an opening for a comms director, which is the, the role I joined the company in. Um, in, in, in this beautiful luxury brand based in Thailand, Maldives, would you be interested? And I said, well, you know, I've never worked in hospitality before, but I love the purpose of the company. It's very kind of, it's all about sustainability and community and people. And I thought it actually sounds amazing and these beautiful destinations. So she said, come out for an interview and let's see how it goes. So I went out to the Maldives for this interview and we have this process called the 360 where you meet as part of your 360, you do interviews with people kind of at the same level, higher level, lower level. So as part of that, I met with like 30 people and then 30 people had to kind of give, give feedback. It was very intense. And at the end of it, I, I got the job. And um, it was, I was a bit worried because I'd never worked in hospitality, but the beauty of working in PR and marketing and communications is that, you know, if you know the skills, they're very transferable. So you don't have to always stay in the same industry. I knew a lot of the journalists anyway, because I was already working before um, the job um, in logistics. I was working in luxury jewelry. So I knew a lot of the same journalists who were writing about luxury and lifestyle. Um, and obviously I could write, I'm a trained journalist. Uh, I knew how to put marketing campaigns together whether that's b2b marketing or b2c marketing and so it's just about transferring that to a different industry so i would say that the first six months were really hard because i had to really understand hospitality i didn't know what adr was or revpar or any of these things that you need to know right um, yes, but yeah, so after yeah. six months i was like okay i got it now and thankfully i was given that chance to kind of prove myself and uh and, and take it from there so it's been seven years in this role so i started off as comms director and today I look after 
the sales marketing reservations and revenue teams. I mean, that's a fantastic demonstration of how transferable skills are, that we're not actually staying in a lane. You know, we, we yeah. can move through different industries and things when you are trained in a skill like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think marketing and comms is, is a really nice um, nice field to do that. And also in hospitality, you know, it's so dynamic and there's always, always so many things going on. I think if you put your hand up or you show a bit of, um, you know, if you if you learn or try to take some initiative, I think it's quite easy to, to kind of move around if you want to. So how have you found um, challenges <clears throat> as a woman moving internationally like that? And you have a family as well. So how does that all work? Well, um, I would say the hardest thing for me has been work-life balance because I am, I have a small daughter, so she's just turned six and I'm also married. So I have a husband. So, um, the demands of this job, like hospitality, as you know, it's not a nine to six job. I mean, it's (laughs) always on, right? People are always staying in your hotels. You're always on. And even weekends, public holidays, you know, late at night, somebody's always on holiday and there's always something to think about. And also the pace of work, like the pace of things that happen at Suneva is very, very quick. So we have, um, so the, the CEO, Sonu, he's, he's very well known in the industry and he's constantly kind of innovating and introducing new things so for us it's like this avalanche of of content and avalanche of news so I think really the hardest thing is kind of trying to I I would say I still haven't found the perfect balance between my my work life and my personal life but I've definitely become better at setting boundaries um, and also managing quite a big team that is remote so um, during COVID for instance um, the COVID time we very quickly realized that um we can do work remotely very well. So, and Suneva was always very flexible in terms of the working environment. We never, we never had like a very strict office policy. We were kind of like come in some days, stay home, whatever, you know, some other days, mm. but now we give all our team and well, my team anyway, um, the choice. So if you prefer to work from home or somewhere else, that's fine with us. Um, and you just, it's really all about your results and your output. So we've kind of had those conversations and that's been great because, um, people can work wherever they want. We've reduced the amount of, um, you know, some people were traveling a really long time to get into the office. And what's the point of having people spend precious time on the road when they could be doing something else to make themselves, you know, happier, healthier, or more productive at work. So um, I think just, you know, navigating the last couple of years has been really interesting, but also challenging. And then also from a, from a challenge perspective, just trying to find that elusive balance between family life and work life. And I think, um, especially as you get higher and you have more people in your team and more responsibility, it's very important to set boundaries for yourself and to have those discussions with your management or your manager about, you know, what works for you and what doesn't. Boundaries are so important. I mean, I think that perfect work-life balance is elusive, isn't it? It it works differently for all of us and we have to find our own balance for those things. But it sounds like it's a great company giving you that flexibility Definitely. And also from a kind of female, um, female leadership perspective. So having females, having women in the workforce is very, very important to Suneva. So we actually have targets. So Suneva Kiri, which is our property in Thailand, we're already at 50% women. 
um, Seneca Jani, which is where I'm at now, which is in the Maldives, we have a we're currently at 31% women in the workforce. That doesn't sound high, but compared to Maldives standards, it is high because there's not actually too many women in the workforce in the Maldives, but we are trying to get that higher to 40%. But we, as far as I know, this is the highest. Uh, we're at the highest number in any resort in the Maldives now at 31%. For our second resort in the Maldives, Seneva Fushi, I think it's at 25% now. So that's still a little way off our target, but it's again one of the highest in the Maldives. We also have targets when it comes to women in leadership, not just women in the workforce. So we um, have different kind of programs and training plans to make sure that the women in the company do have the right resources to help them actually progress up through the ranks. So you have specific programs for the for the women in the organization. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That must it's, be quite unique as well. Well, it is. I mean, all the studies show that if you have women in leadership positions, your business performs, you know, th- up to 30% better. Mm. So it, it's very important for, for us as a senior le- leadership team to make sure that there is a, an equal gender balance and enough representation. Mm, oh, that's that's interesting. So, I mean, how have you managed to stand up and be noticed throughout your career? Um, it's a good question. I think I would like to I would I would hope that it's about hard work and um, perseverance and results kind of speaking for themselves. But I've been very lucky that we've had I've had a really good team with me the whole time. So um, I'm very proud that, you know, my team has a very quite a low turnover. And there's there's people who've been with me almost from the beginning who are still with me today. So um, I think it's just about showing loyalty and commitment and also being honest. Like, I, I think I've got a great relationship with people in the company because, um, you know, we're myself and my colleagues are quite honest so when we see areas to improve we, we have those conversations but in a in a way that's not um seen as kind of political or aggressive or anything like that but if you really do have the best um best interests of the company at heart you really need to kind of say something right you, mm. you, you kind of have to find a way to have to build your relationships with your team so that you can be brutally honest there's an expression that we use here is like putting the fish on the table so it's like if something isn't right you need to address it otherwise it's just going to fester um and you can't move on from it unfortunately in so many organizations that's seen as too much of a challenge isn't it to leadership yeah but then that's that's part of the thing i always tell my team whenever they come out to the maldives or to the resort in thailand what i really want them to focus on just as much as understanding the product i.e the resort is to actually meet and spend time with the team because we as a sales and marketing team can't do our job without really having great bonds with the people we work with so it's like I, i was kind of saying do what you need to do to spend time with the team on site get their trust get their friendship because you're going to help each other so it's like when you've got those connections then you can actually build you know then you can be honest and then you can together like move forward and and do better things yeah you have to overcome that head office property divide yeah definitely and I think we're really lucky I don't think that mindset exists here because um you know the the hub team is quite often at the resorts we also do a cross training program where the resort teams can come into our head office in Bangkok and thankfully I I really don't hear about this kind of um uh, mentality existing for us which I think is a really good thing and it comes down to the strength of the relationships with the team so important yes yeah so do you see yourself as a change maker or a trailblazer or how would you categorize I would see myself as part of this a very innovative 
team and a very innovative culture. So um, by team, I mean, so as a senior leadership team, we obviously have um, some pretty inspiring people on the team. So Sonu and Ava, they are definitely change makers. They are trailblazers. And they're kind of, somebody said to me that they're like the Steve Jobs of hospitality, which I, I think is just such a- That's cool, amazing, yes. It's such a cool <laughs> thing to be, you know. Yeah. And so having, spending time with people like that, spending a lot of time, I mean, we spend hours together every day. Um, and I kind of hope that some of that is rubbing off, you know, and then my own team of people in the sales and marketing team, they're incredibly talented and smart. And I, I think together, we, because we have these bonds, these strong bonds, because we've worked together for so long, we push each other and we're not afraid to be a little bit like um, to push the boundaries. In my old job, when I used to work in this defense logistics company, I had a boss and he was a three-star general. And he used to say this funny expression and he said something like, um, there's no traction without friction. And it basically means you can't get anywhere unless you kind of push the boundaries and there's always going to be, if everybody, if everyone just says yes all the time, you're not really going to achieve much, right? You have to have some constructive dialogue and people have to disagree in order to get things moving. And that's the kind of approach I like to have with my teams, but in a very positive way. We um, we actually work with, at Sineva, we work with someone who comes in um, a couple of times a year and kind of helps us with our team dynamics. And um, he taught us this approach, which is like the kind of um, care to dare. And, and it's this, this um, basically you think of, the relationships with people in your team like a rubber band so you kind of stretch each other but you have to be really careful not to let the rubber band snap because at that point you're never going to get the relationship back again but it's like as a leader your job is to be a secure base for your team and then your job is to kind of anchor the team and then you hire people who are as good as you can find to do the jobs that they should be better than than you you know you can't be everything so you should find people who are the best at their jobs the smartest people you can find and then you give them the the flexibility and the autonomy to do what they want to do and you're the secure base you've got their back and you push them to go as far as they can and I think that approach for us because we are a very um we're an inspiring we're an innovative brand right and so we try and push the boundaries and if we fail which we do I would say quite a lot that's okay because we're trying right and next time we're going to get it right but we you know that's that's the approach I think works for us as, as a as a company culture I know it doesn't necessarily work for every company but for us that that's the approach well that's a great approach um that you are you have their back and you're pushing them to achieve more yeah, that's fantastic. So what advice would you give to the youngsters coming up, girls and boys, um, to get either into the industry or to get further ahead? Or what would that be the advice that you could give? So for firstly, specific to women, I would say, don't be shy to go for an opportunity. If you've got an opportunity, grab it, try it. Don't worry about it. You can do it. You know, because I've read the statistics that women are are significantly less likely to go for a kind of job that they're overqualified for because innately women are just more kind of reserved when it comes to putting up their hands and applying for opportunities. So I would tell the young women in, in the room, go for it. If you see something, try it, just go for it. You'll be fine, right? For men and women, young youngsters, um, my advice to you would be, 
don't look at an opportunity in terms of money when you're young. Um, too many times I have interviews with people who kind of, it's all about the money. How much am I going to get paid for this? What are the benefits? I just feel like when you're in your twenties and obviously it's very different for everyone. You need to have your, you know, the, the bottom of the pyramid, you need to have your, your food and your shelter and yes your food and your shelter covered right but when you're in your 20s it's not it shouldn't really be too much about the money it's about getting experience it's about learning it's about getting the right you right you know foot in the door of different things and then when you get in your 30s then you can start kind of as we say in revenue that's when you yield that's when you can kind of you know your market value that's when you make the big money but if you if it's if you're looking at opportunities through the lens of money too young, I just feel like you're probably going to make the wrong decision. It's just about experience when you're younger. Yeah, we forget that, don't we? We want to see the dollars straight away. Yeah. Yeah, not always a good good option, is it? Um, <laughs> so finally, you talk about ethical business. Um, what what does an ethical business mean to you? Ethical business is just making business decisions based on people. Um, so I think kindness is just this really underrated virtue and kindness to people, kindness to communities, kindness to planet. If, you know, I just think that if we always put money as the number one factor and when we make your decision, we're just, it's just going to be a really short-sighted, um, I just don't think we're necessarily going to make the right decisions for ourselves or the companies or people we work with. So I just, for me, I couldn't work in a company that was unethical. I think it's incredibly important, especially now with, um, you know, the younger people in the workforce. I feel like more than ever, more than ever, ethics is so important. You know, it's about being a responsible business, whether that's like looking after the environment, trying to um, create you know, sustainable supply chains, making sure your people are properly compensated, making sure they have enough leave, making sure they're not exhausted and there's a proper work-life balance. And that is all, that comes down to an ethical business model. And I think that ethical business models are more sustainable long-term, but you're also going to attract better people who are going to stay with you for longer. So I think it's not even a choice anymore. I think for any kind of any self-respecting business, any any business needs to really think about whether they're behaving in an ethical way, you know, making sure that they don't serve unethical food on their menu, anything that's been kind of cruel or whatever, and unethical um, products, you know, fur or, or, or anything like that. Where do you think the push for change is coming? Is it coming from the bottom, from the youngsters up, or is it coming from the top down? I think it's coming from from both. I think there's definitely a grassroots like kind of young, you know, the new younger generation are just kind of not accepting this any like old ways of doing things anymore. But I've also seen a lot of big businesses kind of um, and also kind of older people who are are also driving it. Like, don't forget a lot of the older people who are very, very influential in various industries they are, I think they're also driving it. So I do think it's it's coming from both ways. And it's really nice to see so many businesses now who are also kind of like big luxury businesses who are also kind of making significant changes who then, so it's, it's kind of coming from lots of different angles, to be honest. Okay, good. And what do you see, last question, promise, what do you see in the future for yourself? Um, <laughs> good question. Um, 
I would love to stay at Seneva for as long as, um, you know, for the next few years. Uh, there's a huge, huge amount of things happening here um, in the pipeline. So that's very exciting. Um, I'm also under, uh, in the middle of a, of a new degree, which um, I'm not sure what the future holds, but uh, we'll see about that. And at some point, uh, so I'm, we're very happy living in Waihin, Thailand. We've got a lovely community of friends there. But um, you know, at some point, I'd really like to live in Australia as well, go back to my roots, because I haven't, I left there when I was, um, I was like 23, which and I said to my parents, I'm going on this 18 month backpacking trip, and I've like never been back. <laughs> so I need to, uh, I, I mean, I've gone back for a holiday, of course, but I've never lived there again. So I do need to make that happen at some point. So I am, I, um, I'm actually very flexible. I am open to opportunities and um, looking forward to, yeah, just, um, you know, seeing what the future holds. What happens when you go back home is a whole different conversation. I know. <laughs> Something we should address another time. <laughs> I know. I, I do. I do hope at some point in my future to have like, I'd love to have my own little business, but I'm trying to figure out the business model for that at this point still. So it's not going to be anytime soon. That's for sure. So we can find you in the Maldives or in Hua Hin or Bangkok for the next that's foreseeable future definitely <laughs> well I think we'll let you get back to your wonderful view there or whatever thank work you. is calling you and thank you very much for your time today Carissa oh, you're most welcome thank you for having me it's been a pleasure